recording record now. The good news is that just in that little bit while I was waiting for you to come back, I just had a look at my sound and it's perfect now. So I, I just hadn't Brilliant. properly read the fucking manual, which I always <laughs> chastise others for doing. But I had a quick Google and I fixed it. But it's very easy to do that. Um yeah, oh, the blur is weird, isn't it? It is weird. I'm not sure about the blur. It's it's nice, but it art it's so artificial that sometimes it blurs like things that are kind of important. It's it's a bit. It's yeah, not fooling anyone, is it? Really, I don't know. <laughs> like if you have stuff like an ironing board in the background. <laughs> Do you know, this is actually what I love. I love this. I said this to Brian last night when we were watching uh, your Token Straight live from everybody's living room. So there's like five comedians. Closets and everything. You see everybody's fucking laundry and everyone. I'm not the only person now who has a, a, what do you call them? Like a dryer, a fucking air dryer, shitty fucking metal yoke from Argos with all knickers hanging on it. I'm not the only person who has one of those. Everywhere, everyone has that. Like, I'm so glad. It's gas. It's a great relief. Yeah. I love it as well like to an extension of that as well is people and makeup the amount of no makeup selfies I've been seeing okay. right and I think like part of it is just because like there's an excuse not to but another part of it is that loads of girls just aren't wearing makeup and they kind of just got used to their face so I think okay. in a roundabout way there's a bit of self-love going on you know Isn't what that I mean wonderful yeah it's, yeah uh, I'm I, I don't wear makeup so I don't really care like I've actually never worn makeup ever I wore it once uh, someone would that's probably why my... you look like you're thirsty <laughs> thanks very much but someone cut my hair right for like a hairdressing school thing and then they want to take pics, pics of everyone it's like for their hairdresser for their exams and she went can I just put a bit of lipstick on you and a necklace and I was like what the fuck and I was completely <laughs> and I, she put lipstick on me and honestly I felt like it didn't feel like me. It was, it was it felt like a completely different person, and not in a good way. I felt completely robbed of what I defined as my femininity was just gone by the application of this lipstick yeah. and a necklace. So we have different ideas of what femininity that, is. Yeah, it's not even femininity; it's identity and the expression of yes. your identity, which people lose. That you know what I mean? Like that's weird. Um, I won't go into details what my day job is, but it's very. Um, femme dominated area you know what I mean it's uh so like the beauty standards sort of expected are a bit higher like it's traditionally expected to be higher anyways but now it's kind of like culturally enforced right which is really interesting yeah yeah so like but then it was nearly like it was the first time makeup felt like something that was expected of me rather than something I did because I wanted to you know that kind of way it's interesting did that change your relationship with it then a little bit a little bit. No, I still like it. Like, I like it. Like, I also, like, didn't wear it that much. This is, like, because I was, like, very much, like, um, dykish, I guess, when I first transitioned. Right. So it's, like, it's a strange thing of, like, um, a strange thing of, like, it was an internalized femme phobia. I was, like, I don't need to do all that. You know what I mean? It's, like, you know, it was, like, this, but the reality is, like, oh, I actually like doing all that yeah, girly shit. I was, like, all looking, right, yeah. You're still uh, looking for yourself and yeah, looking who... Still figuring out. I think... Yeah. Things change. Identities evolve, so, like, yeah. Yeah. I reserve the right... I kind of have right. to poster chat that. Yeah, yeah, I reserve the right maybe to start wearing makeup tomorrow if I feel like it. I just haven't up till now. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, think that's a, yeah. that's a healthier way of approaching yourself is a constant work in progress. Yeah. 
We got off on a weird tack. I, I like it. <laughs> I don't know what that's got to do with anything. Fucking hell. Uh, so oh. I watched your uh, show on the Hysteria Network last night, and it was brilliant. Yeah, Hysteria. Hysteria. That's that's like the new thing now. That's the. So what are you defining that as? Uh, the Hysteria Network. I, I guess the Hysteria Network's like a broad. It's a broad church. Uh, no, it's it's not broad church. Uh, and it's not a church. No, it, yeah, it's a banner, I guess. It's that we all sort of Dublin comedy particularly, but what in general comedy, we're trying to get people, as many people to gather under and do shows that we like for people to see in this time. You know, we're just finding it. It's, it's essentially a platform for all these alternative comedy nights around Dublin to get together and do something cool and just have yeah. fun and be online so people like so that people who enjoy comedy can go to the one place at eight o'clock on any given day and hopefully find something that they really enjoy watching and have a human connection with people as well which yeah. is really interesting which is you know it's great because like online comedy that's often lost the human connection but we're all finding it now yeah because it's you know and a part of it is being two-way so it's on like facebook and people can comment and talk about it. So it, there is, while you're, it's not telly because you're not sitting there watching telly. You're yeah. watching something that's unfolding in front of you and you, and the audience is watching something unfolding in front of them and they can also say something if they feel like it. Of course, they don't have to, but if they feel moved, they can make yeah. a comment. And they can pop in and pop on camera as well. It's really interesting. Oh, yeah, because that's... We didn't have too many... Sorry, go on. We didn't have too many volunteers last night, but like hopefully as it goes on, we'll have more people popping in to say hi, which is fun, you know? Yes. So that'd be like a little bit of actual real interaction. And at a comedy club, you certainly don't get people up on the stage to go, and what did you think of this? So it's even like a, a, an even more interactive to being in a comedy club. Yes. Ooh, what's yeah. the, this is very fancy. Have you never seen... Remember I used to have this at post-performance pints all the time? Oh, yes, of course. I, I'm bringing I, I this back just because. Yeah. Just I don't. It's not actually doing anything, but like uh, I feel like why not? It's like, um, hey guys, welcome back. <laughs> it's giving you a bit of a sense of comfort. It's control. Welcome back, City. <laughs> the Ali and Caroline show. How are you, Vian? Oh. oh man. I think I. I feel like we should do a, a Collins show. Sorry, I'm calling it off topic, but this is the beauty of online stuff. I feel like we should do a Collins show where it's like, show us your gaff. Where oh, people yeah. would just be like, random things, like, show us random things in your house, like, weird things, like, stuff like, uh, a Where's Wally book, or <laughs> right. Mother Folklore, or a, a book I, I found on an airplane once, that's uh, Angela Davis' autobiography in French. Uh, oh, lovely. <laughs> I got a couple of weird, weird language books. I got Il Grand Gatsby by Francis Fitzgerald. It's an Italian version. Of, it's like, I don't speak French or Italian, but I, I like, I'm like, yeah, I can do something with that. Because you find them and they look nice and the cover's pretty and you don't want to sling them. It's, it's nice. You, it's a yeah. memento. There's my, do you want to see my musical instruments corner? So this oh, is... Oh, well, that's like, so nicely organized and sexy. Uh, I like it. There's a guitar. I don't know if you can see it, but there's like a bunch of stuff in that corner over there. I'm not going to show no. you my fucking dryer and knickers and stuff, which is over, <laughs> which is over there. You don't need to see that. Caroline, boo, 
give the people what they want. <laughs> I don't. I don't think anyone wants that. No one wants to fucking see that. Uh, so, are you enjoying communicating with people online? Like, are you finding it a poor it's, substitute or okay? I see it as different. I don't see it as poor. Or, you know, I'm. I like. Honestly, I had one of the best gigs. Like, I've had real, real so much fun doing the weird, different things we've had. The two token straights have been amazing in totally different ways. Um, the I had another gig online that was legitimately one of the my favorite gigs I've ever done. Tell us about and, that. Um, well, that was weird because it was in um, the fan server of my uh, favorite comedian's show. Um, Chris Keller presents, so it was uh, it was covered by Vice, which was really strange. Magazine, okay, really strange. Wow. So that had a broader reach. Uh, yeah, so there was quite a lot of people in it, but like it wasn't even that. It was just really because that's a community as well, same way and anxiety, um, hysteria, um, uh, covers uh, a, like it serves a community. So that's the beauty of that is, but like it was a community, so it was a collective spirit everyone's in it and then my favorite comedian ever is there watching me do stand up and laughing and that's just like oh my god yeah, amazing I, like, I had to switch his feet off because I couldn't I, I can't look you know what I mean like I was like I was like afterwards I had to like set suddenly just like when I was finished my set I just like stood up walked into the kitchen <laughs> and just like had a little week for a second and then sat back down I was like that was fun uh, <laughs> wow but you would never like you'd never have gotten that opportunity to have something like that happen that would less. have never happened yeah yeah like he's a fairly accessible person but at the same time I, like he lives in new york so like the chances of me being on a gig he's at or on yeah, and him watch actually watching it because you know comedians don't always watch each other because of different yeah. reasons you know so it was just like oh that's cool what that are the really different reasons nice. i i have noticed that comedians don't watch each other what are the reasons some of it is we've just seen each other set so many times. Sometimes you're like, even on an unconscious level, you're trying to get into a mental headspace. Sometimes you're just being a jerk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or you've seen too much stand-up is another reason. Like you're literally yeah. sometimes you're like, I, I've just seen, this is my third show tonight. I just, mm. I can't. <laughs> and then sometimes maybe that's, actually this is reflecting online content. Uh, sometimes it is just like, they just would rather have the chats with somebody. Yeah. You know, and like they want something uh, that isn't rehearsed, which you begin to see a lot more of like improvised stuff happening online and weird content and stuff in these little stream shows, I think, which is interesting where people are just like a bit more off the cuff or doing yeah. something a bit more. It's not being in your living room. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're in a comfortable space, act comfortably, have fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. Strange, strange. Also, I just think there's a severely high, seriously high rate of undiagnosed ADD in the comedian community. Okay, <laughs> so and I they're building to I focus. Just like, I can't sit down, I can't sit, like, yeah. Comedy is like the art form for somebody who's creative, but like, can't actually sit down and write stuff half the time, you know? Well, yeah. depends on the comedian. A lot, a lot of comedians can't actually sit down and write, they have to do some. Yeah. Like you practice comedy by doing comedy. You don't practice it by being at home, like like with a musical instrument or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I think it attracts a lot of ADD. That's my theory. Completely unfounded theory by Ali no, Rourke. Stand-up stand attracts the artistically antsy people. <laughs> I don't know. They're, yeah. Artistically antsy? 
That is a good phrase. That's, that's it. it. I feel like that's another that show we should do. Uh, <laughs> unfounded hot takes. <laughs> Everything in this show is taken with a pinch of salt. Uh, <laughs> we all just turn into um, our older cousin who's <laughs> just, just be there like, you know what, man? That's what they want you to think. Oh, totally. Oh, fucking hell. I don't need any more of that. Show. <laughs> <laughs> so for uh the hysteria network which is the online brand brand i'm gonna say brand even though i fucking kind of hate brand but it's your umbrella of um people doing keep you're keeping dublin comedy weird but from people's living rooms Exactly. Well, it's definitely going to get weird now. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I haven't talked to anybody properly about four days in real life in four days. So totally. I'm like, Ugh. yeah. So you're definitely going to have people just getting a bit weird. Like, so I mean, you're seeing it. The content is getting a little bit more unhinged as this goes on, but also in a way more freer, if you know what I mean. Like, people yeah. are just being like, fuck the rules. Let's just do weird shit. And you can't be cool in your own fucking living room. There's no, like some of the artifice and some of the, I don't know, there's something stripped away by being in both the grip of a, of a crisis that affects us all. There's less to hang on to. We're all vulnerable. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's one of those weird things. I think we're seeing the death of the ego of the performer, which I fucking love. <laughs> you think I it's long that. over to you? Gigs. Yeah, I like that. I like, I like that. I like, uh, I, I was like, I think is it um, Laura Jane Grace of Against Me, who's one of my favorite, uh, it's one of my favorite bands. Uh, they always say that like, the stage for them is just a logistical thing. It's a piece of equipment rather than, it's not a platform for people to be on to be adored. It's just a practicality that you need to have sometimes. Yes. You in know? order to so disseminate. Like, it's, it's not, it, it's not there as a social distinction. It's just there so everybody can fucking see you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and yeah. I think that's the beauty of this. Like comedians are realizing people are realizing anybody can do fucking anything they want. It's back to our, the first podcast we did where it's a bit punk and DIY. It's coronavirus is the most punk thing that ever happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh Jesus. DIY and die. Yeah, literally. Uh, <laughs> what was uh yeah, that's another Lord Jane Gracism. It's like uh, do it yourself doesn't mean do it alone. It, it can also yeah. mean do it together, which is what we're seeing a lot of people actually just get together and make stuff, which is cool. I don't know Laura Jane Grace, so I'm going to have to look them up. Yeah, they're tra- they're well. Against me were my favorite band when I was like sixteen, and then in my early twenties, Laura Jane Grace, the lead singer, came out as a trans woman. So now, and then released an album called Transgender Dysphoria Blues, which is just amazing. It's got lines like "She ain't got no cunt in her strut." <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, really I'm on board with this. Yeah, yeah. It spoke to me. You know, I was like, uh, uh Okay, I'm gonna, look, I'm gonna look them up. Uh, so every night you want to have something on at eight. That is that the is that the very is that your kind of minimum set of what you've set for yourselves and the network right now is like something at eight. Something at eight. We're trying to do something at eight. You know what I mean? We're trying to have stuff like some sort of regularity, but I would like to see it grow, and I would like to see. Um, 
a community build up around it. Yeah. You know what I mean? As a focal point. It's this isn't I don't want it to be about us getting ahead or, you know, it's all right, this is an opportunity. This is like very much a response to what's going on. And it's definitely not about us. It's a it's about again, it goes back to the whole thing. It's about the audience and people like the amount of messages I got after last night that were just people who were just like, Oh, thank you for making people smile. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like oh. which is an insane fucking thing. Cause that's such a basic part of the human experience. Yeah, yeah. People just want a distraction or they want somebody to make jokes about what's going on because then they're like, ah, this is happening. We're laughing about it. It's cathartic, you know? Of course. Yeah. yeah. And, and that even seeing people in their living rooms and seeing people living their lives, it actually does make people feel quite connected. Um, it's And it's not really a fear of missing out thing because people are just in their fucking living rooms. I don't know. There was something. Exactly. It was very comforting. Oh, my. Sorry. My air dots keep falling out of my ears. Uh, it was very comforting. I really thought it was a, a very nice thing. So you have your living room gigs. You're going to do a podcast tonight. So is that a live streaming thing? Tell me about that. Yeah. So tonight, or it'll be in the past, because oh, yeah. we're time travelers. Uh, <laughs> we're doing the first episode of Post Performance Pints online. We've had episodes like as a po- normal podcast out. I guess it's a live stream show. Uh, hopefully it'll have a bit more of a late night vibe. So myself and my co-host Pedro Guerra are, um, are interviewing the brilliantly funny and ridiculously affable let's be honest like ridiculously affable Stephen Mullen and also we're going to have a guest musical um, appearance by Rebecca Locke who's a great uh, American singer songwriter based out of Dublin so I'm looking forward to that and so they're going to stream in as well so is Stephen Mullen going to do a live set or what what's the what's the um What's the structure? Ideally, we want to ink, because the idea is we're trying to recreate the green room amongst comedians afterwards where they're all talking shit and a bit loose. But some comedians don't want to perform online because they don't feel like it's right or they don't see the feedback. Not for everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's not fair. And Stephen decided he didn't want to do that. So we're not doing it tonight, but maybe hopefully with next week's show, we will have a little stand-up set beforehand. Okay, um, so this is like a, maybe, a chat. It's like a three-way. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a three-way chat. Uh, just a bunch of comedians hanging out, talking shit. Um, we're going to take some comments and maybe even a call or two from people if they feel up to it, uh, yeah. calling in. And uh, then we're going to have a nice musical guest on. So it's yeah. going to be like a really low-key, relaxed but fun late-night show, I guess, in a way. Brilliant. And so is the is the aim there? It's like. This sort of slot is 8pm to 9pm. There'll be something fun happening. Definitely, definitely. That's what we're trying. And then little after shows and little before. You know, we want to just build it out and have fun. And if people have ideas, don't hesitate to drop us in a message, I guess. And we'll have a look at it as a collective and see if you fit in and what fit in. We try to get people to create stuff and work together. Isn't that nice? Because, you know, I was editing, we recorded a podcast. I don't even know how long ago it was now because time has gotten all fucking weird. It was, was I think it was only a month ago. It was something it's like lot five, happened in a month. five weeks or something like this. And we recorded a podcast and it, uh, we were both so hopeful about the future and about the things that we were doing. And uh, it's kind of hard to feel 
like I'm still hopeful, but in a different way. It, it, and I was, and I was yeah. listening to us uh, talking yesterday and I was taking notes and I was going, oh, we sound like babies. <laughs> we sound so naive in a way. But I, I still the feel innocence. like that. I know there was a real innocence. Like this is, a, and I was talking, you know, you were talking about like bringing Token Straight like on a countrywide tour and all this sort of stuff. But then again, now you're bringing Token Straight potentially to the world so you just have to reframe yeah. it i know you are i'm not th- i'm not leveling that at you i'm just saying we all have to do a bit of reframing you seem to you fit very naturally into the idea of reframing <laughs> I, I just evolve and stuff but i don't know if that's i don't know what that's from but like no it's weird like yeah because our first leg of our national tour was literally meant to be the Sunday after, yeah, you had to cancel it. It was the Sunday after lockdown, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like we knew pretty, we we lo- we called off our shows pretty quickly because we kind of got the realisation of the gravity of the situation. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was a strange one to just readjust and just go. And that's why we did that first online show because we were just like, People are scared. Uh, we just want to get people together. We want to get ourselves together and we want to just stream stuff out, you know? We might have I, even I been have... a bit naive with that first show, but it was a fun. You were there. like I was there. It was really fun. And like, yeah, what, what? I can't remember what date that was. It was exactly one week. No, it was like a Saturday. It was yesterday Sunday. a week ago. Was it yeah. Sunday? No, actually, it's a Sunday. It was a Sunday. Oh, no, it was meant Sunday. to be a Saturday. Yeah, you're it right. Was it was a Saturday. Saturday. It was a week ago. But, it was yeah. only a fucking week ago, but it seems like a lot has happened in the meantime. But there was like, whatever, five of us in your little flat, all fucking coughing yeah. on each other, not literally coughing yeah, on each other. Yeah, it was like, this is a bad idea in retrospect. Because uh, we didn't kept, quite... Uh, people were kind of respecting the space, but probably not as... Uh, <clears throat> I was certainly hugging people. I have to hold on my hands and say I was, yeah. you know. And then I went to the pub afterwards, <laughs> which is, again... It seemed like a normal thing to do, um, whatever, like, yeah. and one day ago. And now it's un- like, obviously I haven't done anything remote. I haven't seen anybody. It, just like yourself, I haven't seen anybody yeah. in days. But what are you going to do? But that first gig was so fun because you were just like, fuck it, let's get something on its feet. Uh, and yeah. put a call to the people who want to come to your gaff. And just got it going. And I really admire that about you, Ellie, that you don't need to over-prepare. You just go, well, fuck it, like. I mean, that's probably not a good thing. Uh, sometimes, like, as in, but I think I think sometimes just doing something, like, there's definitely over-analyzed stuff sometimes and we over-prepare stuff sometimes. But, like, especially when it comes to literal stand-up comedy, it's like fuck it we got a mic we got a camera let's make this happen you know you know like comedians have material they have stuff they can innovate they can find a way every human being has this capacity to evolve and do stuff and sometimes we seem to forget that or they seem to think that other people are people have to tell them they can do that do Mm. give them permission to do things yeah no gods no masters no promoters uh i'm writing that down but that and that's uh (laughs) no i literally am writing that down uh I, I think that over-preparing, and that's like a theme on my podcast as well, it's like over-preparing can really put the kibosh on creative projects and doing stuff. Is you go, if everything isn't all totally fucking lined up and if I don't have an answer for everything, then I have nothing. And that's not the truth of it. You can you can get something minimal on its feet as long as you're not so um, 
connected or desperate for the outcome or, or the ex whatever you think people are going to react to it and so forth. If you keep all that very minimal and you go, I don't really give a shit if no one watches, <laughs> basically. Yeah. And your baseline yeah. isn't an, isn't a huge audience, but it's any audience at all. And as long as that small yeah. audience is satisfied in some way um, and has had some kind of but, fun, you know. But like at the same time, we've had 1,500 views on those two videos in a week. You know what I mean? Oh, like brilliant. that's Okay, that's not huge in the internet terms, but that's for compared to a stand-up gig, that's a lot more eyes. And like, I'm really, really a big believer in iterative versions of things. I'd really rather start and ha- have something evolve yeah. over time. And I, I don't get that, like, excuse me, I need the cough. <coughs> oh. Whoa, where'd that come from? That's the first cop I had all week. Run away! No, that, was, that was grand. That was just some hummus. That was your apple. There was a little apple in the throat. That was the apple, yeah. The, talking too much. Even right. I, like, I haven't seen people for four days and I still talk too much. Okay, that's <laughs> just me summed up. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, iterating stuff. Like, I, comedy is weird. Like, lo- every comedian, I don't understand this about a lot of com- comedians, is that we do this all the time. Our creative process is getting up on stage and trying a joke and seeing what works and fails and then like changing it to work. So why don't we do that with other aspects of our creativity? Yeah. Like if we're promoting a show or trying to do something online now, why aren't we just doing it and then going, okay, that's the, I found where the problem, but why don't we prototype stuff or pilot stuff and then fix the the things that are wrong and then they'll just get better and better as time goes on. It's not a case of just throwing something up that's completely undercooked and hoping it works and then not changing it. It's finding out what doesn't work and making it work. And so doing a little bit of um, post-game analysis, as it were, of going, okay, next time I'm definitely not going to do such and such. That other thing was dog shit. But this thing works surprisingly well. And uh, uh, analysis, I think. And what and the great thing is now, especially with online feedback, like you get real time feedback at a at a normal stand up comedy gig, but in online gigs and online projects, why don't we just um, like you get feedback from the audience? People can comment. You can see who is watching. You can message them and ask them what did you like, what did you not like. And if somebody likes something, you're going like, why don't I do more of that? You know, you know, like it's comedy is a weird thing. Like they always go. There's always a huge argument over where comedy is an art or not, but I think it is. I think it's a it's a mixture of art and craft, and but the beauty of it, it's a proper folk craft in the same way folk music, in the same way folk poetry, you know, like dog rolls or whatever. It, it's it's this sounds pretentious, but it's in service of people. It's in service of. It's not. It's not a like. There is elements of. A comedian like expressing themselves, but it really is about the audience at all times. I think it's deceptively simple seeming to the audience, and that's maybe why it always isn't always considered perhaps in our form because people it can be a bit of a tendency. People go, I could fucking do that. In the yeah, in fact, if somebody's really good, you should almost feel like that because. It's like they're yeah. making it seem effortless, but maybe that's part. Of, you don't see the sweat, and you don't see the the as they an grind. audience member. You don't see all the fucking furious paddling uh, uh, underneath, and you don't see the the times 
the time spent and the time practicing and all the fucking 300 gigs that went before. <laughs> yeah. But at the other side of it is like, I don't really care if you think it's an art form as long as you fucking laugh. <laughs> right, you know? right. like, yeah. As long as I do a good job, I don't care. Like, I don't care about the semantics of it. I don't care. Like, that's the beauty of it. Like, you either like it or you don't. And, uh, but that's another interesting thing because the wisdom in comedy is as a comedian, if you want to get to the stage where you're professional or making a living or doing it full time, um, whatever your motivation for that is, but is about it's about building a gathering. It's about finding people who like what you do or making something that enough people like, you know? Yeah. So it's really interesting with online, online stuff. It's like I nearly feel like there's an opportunity there for more people to that are like-minded or like what you do to see what you do if you do it right. Like there's struggles with creating enough content because and the standard being high enough, but at the same time, like that's just something we all have to evolve. Like I was saying to Brian, uh, your partner um, at that first gig is like, yeah, we're going to see, everybody's going to get so good at writing really quickly, you know, because what else are you going to do? You know? Um, And uh, and I think comedy, go ahead, sorry. No, go on, please. I was just going to say, I think comedy is about to get a whole lot more absurd, not just because of the cabin fever, but also because of the cabin fever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people aren't going to be going out and the, like their world is through a camera. So you're going to see a lot of people. There's going to be a lot less, I think, um, observational comedy and a lot more people just finding the silliness in any given situation or any given environment. And coming up with way more absurd stuff, like which is really going to be exciting to see. Yes, yeah, and you have to look at the future in an excited way, <laughs> like we, uh, because it, everything isn't always perfect to Jesus. And like this is really the definition, uh, this situation is the definition of looking inside yourself and trying to find more than yeah. how you expected your life was going to be and how you thought things were going to be. You can't really sit there going, "This isn't fair." I was going to go to Edinburgh or I was going to, or whatever it was you'd like. Yeah. You just have to pivot. My, my plans are gone. Yeah. The reality is people are going to die and I don't want that to be said flippantly. And I don't want it. Like, I feel like, like when we listen back to this in another five weeks, we might feel, Oh my God, they were so naive and innocent, you know, like things have changed full stop. And it's like, what are we going to do now? Are we going to make people laugh or are we going to stay at home and do like comedians just need to do our jobs and not do it because we feel like we need to be doing it, not panicking and just putting out nonsense. We just need to make people fucking happy as best we can in a dark time. To make or to make yourself happy, like as a creative, a creative person has a duty to oneself to create even in difficult times. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing is like, everyone's a fucking creative person. I hate, yep. you know, the term creatives. And like, this is hopefully the one tiny little silver lining is this is more and more people are just realizing they can make stuff and do stuff, you know? Yeah. And people and, even and it'll it, help with the darkness, like yeah. it'll help themselves deal with it. People, you know, go- I saw loads of people gardening today on my run. There was loads of people tidying up their hedges and shit, you know, and like those simple, yeah. nice things uh, are uh, people baking bread and 
they're like those things matter hugely and uh, and I know yeah I'm totally gonna sound terribly naive when we look at this in five weeks time when everyone's <laughs> running around on fire but it will it, it actually it is nice that people are making bread like fuck it I've said it you know like who cares if yeah we just have to find our comfort somewhere find a comfort find a joy and just hold on to it as much as you can you know yeah 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 okay I don't know I feel like that maybe that's just brought us to the end of this conversation a little bit. Or do you have more you want to say? Uh, I, I can talk more if you want me to talk more. <laughs> I can't think of anything off the top of my yeah. head. It's like... I, I had some stuff that I was wanted to ask you and I think, you know, you covered it. And maybe we can talk again in a couple of weeks when you've done more of your 8pms and we can see the evolution of this. You can be my um, yeah. online creative case study, Ali. That'd be cool. That's fun. I like that. That was yeah. fun.